In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the drama of this story really revolves around one question, which is, who is the sinner? The reading begins with Jesus seeing a blind man. And interesting, Jesus doesn't bring the man over to himself. He doesn't say anything to the blind man. Jesus simply sees him. And this theme will carry us into the bigger questions of this story. Because what we'll see is that Jesus is the one who sees. And Jesus is the one who gives sight. Without him, all are blind. The disciples, too, we find out as we read the story, are blind in their own way. Superficially, they see this poor man, and they don't really see him. They see an opportunity to ask Jesus a tricky theological question. And that's always an unfortunate temptation. People in their suffering and in their problems can be reduced to theological questions. However, Jesus sees the man, where the disciples see an issue to, debate, to be debated, a question to ask. Jesus sees a person. And so the disciples ask Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And that's the theological question that they want to address. That's the debate that they want to have. And it's not just a question, it's the biggest question in the world. Why do bad things happen to people? But we see that Jesus isn't interested in reducing this man to a debate. He's not interested in reducing this man to a theological question. Instead, what Jesus does is he points forward to how this man is going to be saved by the word of promise, by the word of the gospel. But you can see the disciples' problems here. It's a naive problem, but it's a problem that's really easy to fall into. When we see suffering, our first instinct is often to ask that question, who sinned, who messed up, who's the blame? We like to assign blame. Sometimes we see bad things happen to people and we think, well, if only they had been more faithful, prayed more, gone to church more, then maybe all these bad things wouldn't be happening. Or maybe if these people had made better decisions about their life, if they lived healthier, if they lived more righteously, then maybe they wouldn't be suffering so much. Other times we might think it was his parents that must have done something evil. In other words, it's fate. He was fated to suffer. It's his parents' fault. And of course, that's a trendy thing to do in our modern culture. We like to blame our parents for all of our problems. Uh, but Jesus, again, he's not going to play that game. The line of thinking about people that tries to, tries to find blame in their suffering, tries to assign guilt, tries to blame fate or genetics or whatever it is, it's rooted in a kind of self-justification in one way or the other. If the man was born blind because he sinned, well, then I must be doing okay because I'm not blind. That's what the disciples think. We can think that we are healthy and happy enough at the moment, so we must be fine in God's eyes. We must not be sinners, or at least we must not be as much of a sinner as this blind man. Or on the other hand, we could simply say the blind man was fated to be blind because his parents were sinners. This is a kind of generational curse we see in the Old Testament. Therefore, all my problems, all my, all my suffering is someone else's fault. 
it's all my parents' fault, it's all in my genetics, or something like that. But Jesus cuts through all of this, and he directs us away from self-justification. He directs us away from trying to see a reality that is blinded by our own ambitions. He points to the suffering of the man and says that God's work is going to be revealed in him. In other words, if you want to assign suffering to either individual guilt or to fate, then in the end, you are truly hopeless. But if you can reframe suffering pointing to what God is doing in Christ Jesus, then there is hope. Then you'll begin to see the truth. Now, this isn't denying the existence of suffering. This isn't saying that people suffer because of the consequences of their actions or because there's some genetic problem that brings disease. All of those things are real. Pain and suffering in this world are most certainly real. But the only hope through suffering is to point to what God is doing for us in Christ. And that's what offends the Pharisees in this reading. Because Jesus is acting outside of the law. The law is there to assign guilt, to assign blame. It is there to assign curses. And Jesus is acting outside of that. And the law that the Pharisees the law that the Pharisees hold on to, that's the only lens they use to see the world. That's why they say, we are disciples of Moses. In other words, they are saying, this blind man was born in sin, and healing him on the Sabbath is also sin. Therefore, this man and Jesus are sinners. And so their worldview, how they see the world, how they see people, it's completely constrained by the law. It's limited to the law. And the law cannot heal people. It only parses out who is to blame, who is to fault. You can go read through much of Exodus and Leviticus, and you'll find chapters telling you who is at fault for a problem and how a person at fault is to make restitution. Right? If an ox is killed while you're borrowing it, who's required to pay for that ox? Or if someone steals from you, who's to make restitution and so on? Because that's what the law does. It accuses, it shows us who is at fault. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that, because in this world there are people to blame. We do sin, there are sinners. And Jesus' point is not that there isn't sin in the world. In fact, he very clearly calls the Pharisees sinners. But Jesus' point, and the point we want to hold on to, is that the final word of God is not the law of Moses, but of the gospel of Christ. You can find blame for the blind man. You can, you can assign guilt to someone if you'd like. But what difference does it make? He was still blind. Because the law can only accuse. It cannot heal. And this brings out Jesus' judgment on the Pharisees. The blind man knows that he has a problem. He's very aware of his inadequacy. He's aware of his suffering. He's aware of his need for a savior. The blind man knows that he needs Christ. He needs that promise of healing from God. And that's what he receives. He receives healing. And he receives this healing because Jesus sees him first. Jesus knows what he needed. The man was not a problem to be solved, but a suffering sinner to be healed. The Pharisees in the text, however, believe that they can see just fine. 
They don't see the ways in which they are blind. They think they have it all together. And they believe that they will be justified because they claim to follow the laws of Moses. But they fail even the two most basic commandments, love God and love your neighbor. There is God and the person of Christ standing right in front of them, and they hate him. There is their neighbor, a poor blind man standing right in front of them, and they hate him. They hate the fact that he was healed on the Sabbath. They didn't see that poor man at all in his suffering. They can't rejoice with him that he is healed. They're truly sinners with hate in their heart, and they're blind to it. And so in trying to identify who sinned, the blind man, his parents, or even Jesus himself, the Pharisees missed the most fundamental truth, that they are sinners. And that's true of us as well. We cannot stand and justify ourselves. We can never look at another person's suffering or another person's sin and say, well, that person is really bad off. That person must be really far off from God. Until we're willing to look at ourselves and say, I am the sinner who needs Christ. So what then do we say to the reality of sin and suffering? Well, we have one word that we can say in the midst of suffering. We say that Jesus has come to bear the sins of the world. He has come to bear the sins and the pain of every suffering person. Jesus is the Lamb of God who bears the sins of the world. And we can look at all the suffering in the world we can look at the sin and muck in this world. We can look at the sin in our lives. And we say that that's why we need Jesus. We need to be healed. We need to be forgiven. We're not going to fix anything in ourselves or in this world by trying to follow rules and obeying the law because it cannot heal us. Instead, we're saved because Jesus sees us. He has seen us. He knows who we are. And while we were blind in our sins and delusions, he healed us with his promise. Jesus is the one who sees the world as it is. He's the one who sees you as you are. And what he sees is a person for whom he has come to bring life and salvation. Amen.